I want to ask you to find in your copy of the scripture this morning a passage of scripture that talks about that, that talks about the enemy being a liar and how we are to face and stand up to the things that the enemy would try to bring against us when God has an assignment on our lives. And so I want you to find Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. And we'll start reading in a minute in verse number 10. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. As we went through Seek Week, a week set aside annually to, to seek the Lord and during the course of the week, our, our goal was, our theme was to, to lay everything at the feet of Jesus, lay everything that matters to us, lay everything that concerns us at the feet of Jesus, give our burdens to him, give our opportunities to him, give people that can concern us, bother us, worry us, frustrate us, lay everything at the feet of Jesus. And one of the themes that came out of that theme was the importance that God places on finding somebody on planet earth who will be in agreement with his heart, in agreement with what he wants. There's something supernatural, as we've talked about, that is released when God finds a man or a woman, a younger person, an older person, a married or single, doesn't matter, but when he finds one somebody, they don't have to be a big name, they don't have to be the, you know, the, the, the sharpest knife in the drawer, they, they don't have to be well-funded necessarily, any of those things that can seem to elevate us in the minds of people or would cause us to think, well, that's somebody God could really use. None of those things seem to matter when it comes down to this place of the Lord looking for somebody who will just be in agreement with what he wants in the place where he has planted them, in their family, in the company they work for, in the school, the class that they're in. Whatever the situation may be in their lives or a situation that has evolved in their lives, they didn't start out there, but they've ended up here. When God finds one somebody in the place where he has planted them, in the place where they are living, who will say nothing other back to the Lord than, Lord, I agree with you. You don't even have to tell me everything I need to agree with you about. But your heart is good. Your love is true. You are faithful. You are wise. You are all powerful. There's nothing you cannot do. And you love me. And therefore, I agree with you. In this place... Maybe in a place of frustration, maybe in a place of conflict, maybe in a place of confusion, maybe in a place that's disarray, maybe in a place that just seems to be going on unchanged in a tough spot for a long time. God, you're not absent from this place. 
you know where I am. And my heart is to say, I agree with you. I trust you. I thank you. I agree with you. Now, with that in mind, I want you to go with me now to Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, Paul says, and I want you to notice that word comes at the end of this amazing letter to the Ephesians. All the things Paul has said, there are two listed prayers that he prays for the Ephesian Christians and, and in effect, helping us to understand better how we need to pray for one another. There's instruction in here about, about husbands loving their wives as Christ loved the church and, and wives loving their husbands and children honor their parents and employees being worthy of their hire and on and on and lots and lots of practical things. But he ends the book by putting this word, finally. After everything that's been said, finally, get this. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, that, we just can't race by that. What Paul is saying is God's not expecting you to generate your own strength. You're not being held accountable for how much spiritual muster you can come up with. You be strong how? Where's it going to come from? In the Lord? In the strength of his might. Folks, listen, we, we, need to, we need to get this. It doesn't matter how much Bible you know. The strength comes from the Lord, not in the knowledge of Scripture. It doesn't matter what all we know not to do. That's not our problem. We know plenty of what not to do, and we go ahead and do it anyway. Why? Because our strength is weak. Our strength will fail. Our strength will disappoint us. Your strength, my strength, no matter how much willpower we may have right at the moment, no matter how, you know, we're going to turn over a new leaf and we've yanked every leaf off every tree we could, that's in sight and we're still going back to it. Where's the change going to come? Where's the difference going to come? When is it going to begin to be different in us? It's when we start tapping into the strength of the Lord. And so Paul's saying, I've talked to you about how husbands ought to love their wives. I've talked to you about how employees and employers ought to get along. I've, I've talked to you about all the things that God wants to do and how he wants to open your eyes to see things. But he's saying to them and to us, it only happens as we tap into the strength of heaven. It's only going to happen when the resurrected Christ comes out of Mary's lap, comes off of the cross, comes out of the tomb and starts flexing his muscles inside your chest, then you and I are going to know that there's hope that we can be different. There's a reason to believe that the change that God has started in us, he's going to finish in his time. Finally, finally, Paul says, you be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Then he goes on to say, put on the full armor of God, that you may be able to, and here's the first time he mentions it, that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Okay, now you got somebody who is really ticking you off, somebody who has lied to you, 
somebody who has cut you out of some things in business that you had an entitlement to, on and on and on. There's people. It's flesh and blood people. It's ones that have names and street addresses and drive a car and you can go to their house. Paul is saying, number one, we've got to find our strength in the Lord and not in ourselves, the strength in the Lord. And then number two, understand the main fight is not with people. I did, you didn't hear me. Uh, somebody needs to stomp the foot, wave a white handkerchief, or do something to say amen. The main fight is not with people. It may, and you, you're seeing their face. You're seeing their face. They're looking at you right now as I, as I read that. But the word of the Lord is saying to you, your real fight is not with the person. Your real fight is not with the flesh and blood. Well, then what in the world are you saying, Paul? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood but it's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. The ones, the flesh and blood, are pawns on the celestial chessboard. The real force behind the meanness of people is not the people themselves. The real force behind the meanness of people is the meanness of the spiritual forces that are driving meanness into the people. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have responsibility. That doesn't mean that, that we need to be careful about our temper and all of those things. And we can't blame everything on the devil. Sooner or later, you've got to agree with the devil. You know, say, well, the devil may be doing it. Well, then I had to say yes that he did. And I went with him. I went with him. He offered it. He pushed me. And I went with it. The devil didn't totally make us do anything. He threw out an option, and we went with it. But the force behind it, and folks, listen, this will set you free in, in having to deal with people. It won't fix everything, but it'll give you the, the, the ability to look into the face of somebody who's running you crazy and see them with some eyes of mercy instead of some eyes of revenge and vindictiveness that you're wanting to deal with. They're being pushed. They're being manipulated. The prince of the power of the air, Satan, is working in the... Sons and daughters of disobedience, that's, that's the deal. That's the, that's the law. That's the spiritual law. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers. Now, this is so important. It's against the rulers. He's speaking of, of spiritual fallen darkness hierarchy. Rulers, powers, the world forces of this darkness against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, on the basis of that, since it's not about flesh and blood, since it's about an invisible force of our, uh, arrayed against us, therefore take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm. Here's the third time that verb appears in this short passage. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of Jesus. That is just another way of breaking down the parts of who Jesus is and how what he has done and is doing in our lives and desires to do for us can be practically manifest in our lives. These are all the parts of who Jesus is. He is the good news of the gospel. He, he is righteousness. He, 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 he is truth. All of those things. That's Jesus. Lord, fill me up with your spirits. Fill me up with the spirit of Jesus. That, in effect, is saying, Lord, clothe me with the armor of God. Clothe me with who Jesus is. 
in my life. And then he says, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. At the heart of these other instructions, the taking up and the holding the shield and putting the belt on, at the heart of all of that, folks, is that truth that he's repeated by the use of the same verb three times, stand firm. Stand firm in the middle of the fight, in the thick of the struggle, in the middle of life. Stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. Go back up to the first place that that word appears. Stand, verse 11, stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Let me give you a definition for that particular word that is translated into English, stand firm. Here are the things that that means, other, other synonyms for the same word. Remain, continue, abide, stand still, or stand firm. But get this, that same word that is also translated to remain, to continue, to abide, to stand still, to stand firm, that same exact Word in your Bible can be translated agree. 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 In other words, in the place where God has put you, as you stand firm, as you hold steady, you are agreeing with Him. Agreeing with Him. This isn't about the physical rapper because the fight isn't in the physical. The fight isn't in the, in, the, in the flesh and blood. The fight is in the spiritual realm. And in order to win the fight, the weapons have to be used that are recognized and honored and backed away from by the invisible forces of darkness. What is that? What are those weapons? The name of the Lord Jesus is certainly one but also somebody, <laughs> somebody who refuses to be shaken, to be moved from the position that God has put them in, in a place of conflict, in a place where they are maligned or disagreed or where the darkness seems to be ruling the day. And God just hauls off and plants a bright light in the middle of a dark family line or in the middle of a dark company or in the middle of a dark school setting, whether it's academia or whether whatever it would be, God chooses to pick out a light, and that's you, and plant you in the middle of that situation. You get accepted to the school. You get employed by the company. You get born into the family. And the light, the light, as the light keeps shining, the light of Jesus inside you keeps shining, the light will whip the darkness in time. It may not be today, it might, may not be tomorrow, it may not be next year, but light always whips the darkness. Light always whips the darkness. Light always whips the darkness. You go back to this again. Stand. That is assuming 
there was a place, there was a spot, there was an assigned place of standing. It, it has to do with, with a permanent setting, something that's not all over the map, but something that is fixed. It has to do with what the Lord has put in your heart to believe him for. Stand for the shield of faith, the shield of faith. Remember, faith, another way to say that, faith is what you are persuaded of is true. Faith is what you are persuaded of is true. Don't, don't let it get real churchy and, 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 and out there somewhere. Faith, just you believe in something that you're persuaded is true. So God plants his people in places where there's a need for light. There's a need for truth. There's a need for freedom. And he plants you in that place because you know where those things come from. Amen. That you can't be sold. You can't be, you can't be teased or tempted away. You just know the truth is all this other stuff is temporary foolishness. It's just shallow smiles. But the real truth is there's life in Jesus. There's freedom in Jesus. There's power in Jesus. There's hope in Jesus. There's a new day in Jesus. There's forgiveness in Jesus. And so there you are in the middle of a sea of innumerable ones who don't even know what you're talking about if they ever heard you say what, you just, what I just said. And you say, well, what good is that doing? What good is that doing? I'm just a little old bitty speck in the ocean of unbelief. No, you're not. You are where you are by the design of heaven. There's a part of you in that place that is like Jesus when he came from heaven to this earth to seek and to save that which was lost. You are in that, you are in that family line because God wants to save the family line. You're in that company because there are people there who, who, are, who are dying and they don't even know they're dying. They're being stolen. They're being, their future and their hopes and, and their lives being stolen and they don't even know it. But you're there. You're standing. Now sometimes you're walking as you're standing. Sometimes you're typing as you're standing. Sometimes you're doing this while you're standing. Sometimes, I don't know what else you may be doing. Be doing this while you're standing, but you're standing, and what you're standing is you are in agreement. You're in agreement with the one who put you there. He knew what he was doing when he picked you out. And he's made his assignment. He's made his calling clear on your life. I'm here to agree with you, Lord. It's not my job to to make everybody shut up. It's not my job to fix everything. It's not my job to have answers for all the questions. It's not my job to meet all the needs. It's just my job to be here in agreement with you so that you can, through my faith, through what I'm persuaded you can do, you just, oh, you already got a welcome mat. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come and make your presence. Folks, I got to tell you, I just got to tell you, I've watched this happen in major companies, major corporation, where there, were, there was a brother or brothers or sisters in a situation where it was a it was it was it was a setting, a corporate system 
major Fortune 500 that, that, that were just being smothered and crushed. Anything having to do with faith and freedom and, the, and, a, and a heart for the Lord Jesus and, and you couldn't do all kinds of things for fear of the politic, political incorrectness, you know. Thing. And, and I would have these ones, one particular gentleman ranked up in the organization. He said, Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just, you know, hear these here are the things that they're coming after us about. And I said, you just pray. You're there. God put you there. <laughs> and you just keep agreeing with him, brother. You just keep agreeing with him. Let the, let, you know, you know, here, here's, here's one thing, one good thing about getting old. Are you ready for one good thing about getting old? You, you realize the older you get, the more there are who were at one time big mouths, big faces, big names, big people. It seems like more and more of them, the older you get, have got former in front of their name. They're not that anymore. Like you, didn't, you thought they'd be, they'd be there until, until the rock of Gibraltar just fell apart, just disintegrated. They're there forever. They're just going to be there forever. They're just going to be there forever. No, they're not. There's nobody who's older than God. There's nobody who will outlive him. There's nobody who will outlast him. Not even the owner of your company. Not even the, the patriarch of your, a matriarch of your family line. They don't last forever. He does. And when he can find somebody in that place that seems unchangeable, that seems it can't be shaken, somebody... And I'm talking to somebody. I don't know who it is, but I'm talking to somebody. You need to hear it, whoever you are. That he's got you in an impossible place, stacked up against the rock of Gibraltar, solid granite, no way for it to ever move. But he's called you to be there to agree with him. And every day you go to work, and every time you go to a, to a board meeting or, or a gathering of the family, the heart is just, Lord, I agree with you. I'm walking in here with this hat on. I'm walking in here with this name tag on. But who I really am, I'm a lover of Jesus. I'm a blood-bought child of the King. I belong to you and I agree with you. Do what is in your heart to do in this place. And you're typing and you're answering the phone and you're walking. But as you're doing it, you're in agreement. Lord, do what is your heart to do. Do what is your heart to do. Drive up in the parking lot. Do what is your heart to do. Go in the door. Show your name tag. Do what is in your heart to do. The pressure of having to change everything, you understand clearly, is not on you. You're not there to fix anything. You're there to just agree with him. Now, here's what happens. The enemy will lie to us. He, he, darkness will will accuse you. Darkness will lie to you to convince you to give up, to lose heart. Darkness will try to intimidate and threaten you through people of influence and authority who want you out of the way. They don't even understand why you're in the way. You said, yes, sir, no, ma'am. You filled all the reports out on time. You've been a good employee. But there's just something about you that worries them. It's because the force that's driving them is that open war with the force that's driving you. The elephant in the room 
is the presence of the living Jesus Christ working inside you. Some folks won't even know why they don't like you. And it's not your job to have to convince them that you're a really nice person. Your job instead is, Lord, I agree with you. And have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. I got a text after the message this morning from a brother who was in a situation like this, living in another state, working for a totally different company. But he said, he said, Pastor, I just want to tell you, do you remember the, the CEO that was that was was such an issue, caused such issues with us and, and so forth? Not long after this particular brother was relieved from the company, moved from the company, the Lord has taken care of him and his family since then. But he said, you know what I've heard? It's that that CEO has come to know Jesus as his Savior and Lord. <laughs> Folks, listen. Here's the truth. Now, if I call the name, you, you, I'm not going to go there. But here, 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 is, here is the point. It's always about the souls of men and women. The battle prize is the souls of men and women. That's why the enemy wants to try to shut down any kind of righteous flow into a family line is because he's trying to steal the family. The, 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 the prize of war are the souls of people. So God has you in a place, not just for you to have an earning, not just for you to have a reputation, but he has you there for the purpose of setting folks free that they may come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but is against all of those listed. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, verse 13, and having done everything, to stand firm, having done everything to stand firm. I want to give you two words, two short phrases, if you will, for those of you in a situation like this. And you're hearing it loud and clear. I'm needing to hear that my fight is not with the people who are cussing me out. I'm needing to hear that the real fight is not, is not against the ones who are leveraging their influence to get rid of me. I'm to understand that the real fight is about the invisible, unseen realm. And I'm to understand that my part in the fight is to focus on staying where I am until God moves me. But staying where I am and being in agreement with his heart. Two words. Number one, you keep doing the last thing the Lord put in your heart to do. Don't, don't make the burden this. Well, God, I'm going to start doing this because it's obvious what I thought you told me to do hadn't been working. So I've come up with a plan B, and I want you to just be real loud and clear if this plan B isn't of you, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm going for plan B. Keep doing, my brother, my sister, keep doing the last thing you know he put in your heart to do. Let the burden of proof not be on having to confirm that, but the burden of proof being on having to change that. Lord, I'm here, 
I'm standing here. I'm believing you for freedom. I'm believing you for liberty. I'm believing you for mercy in this place. I'm believing you for a breakthrough that the kingdom of God would come here. And that's where I'm standing until you make it clear that there's something else I'm supposed to be doing. The second one is this. Listen for the Spirit. Listen for the Spirit to speak to you. Not necessarily to change the course, but to encourage you as you stand. To remind you that you're not alone. To remind you that this isn't your mission, this isn't your vision. This is the Father's vision. This is the Savior's vision. This is the Spirit's vision. Got to show you one other passage of scripture that just is so, is so good to read. Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. Paul's at Corinth. It's his first time at Corinth. Let me start reading in verse 1. Acts chapter 18, verse 1. After these things, he, Paul, left Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, having recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius, the emperor, had commanded all Jews to leave Rome. He, Paul, came to them, and because he was of the same trade, a tent maker, he stayed with them, and they were working, for by trade they were all tent makers. And he was reasoning in the synagogue every Sabbath and trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul began devoting himself completely to the word, solemnly testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. Look at verse 6. And when they resisted, when the Jews he was speaking to resisted and blasphemed, he shook out his garments and said to them, your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on I shall go to the Gentiles. And this was a Gentile city, remember. This was a Roman city, Corinth. And he departed from there and went to the house of a certain man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God, whose house was next to the synagogue. And Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all his household. And many of the Corinthians, when they heard, when they heard, were believing and being baptized. Now look at verse 9. And the Lord said to Paul in the night by a vision, Do not be afraid any longer, but go on speaking, and do not be silent, for I am with you. And no man will attack you in order to harm you, for I have many people in this city. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. They didn't know they were the Lord's people. They, they didn't know anything other than what, just they, what they knew on a day-to-day -day basis about who they were. But the Lord said, stand, Paul. Hold steady. You keep doing what you're doing. I'm with you. You're not by yourself. You're not an orphan. I'm with you. And on top of that, I have many people in the city. You keep preaching. You keep teaching. 
You keep standing. You people keep agreeing with me because I have many people that I know in time are going to turn to me. They already belong to me. The devil thinks he has them, but I bought them. They belong to me. You're here for the purpose of establishing the conduit between where they are and the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It says that Paul stayed there for over two more years. Hold steady. Stand firm. Folks, you don't know. We don't know how many in generations before that are still alive, how many in future generations yet to be will come to faith in Christ. An entire family line's reputation can be shaken and changed because of one person in agreement. Lord, it's your plan. I resist in the name of Jesus Satan's plans for my family, and I receive in the name of Jesus heaven's plan. Your plan. And let me tell you something. If he's put you in that family line and you've got a heart to pray for folks to come to know Jesus, for there to be shackles taken off of the family, the curse broken off the family, if he's got you there doing that, it's because you're there because he has given you something to agree with him about that was already in his mind. They're coming. The hardheads, stubborn, mean coming to Jesus, the ones who wouldn't forgive, the ones who wouldn't, wouldn't even want to talk about anything happening to them. The Lord says, I have, I have many people. You can't see them yet now, Paul. They're not acting like it right now, Paul, but I see them. Somebody needs to hear this. God says, I'm seeing what you can't see. You're there in agreement with me for the future and for the redemption of the past. Stand firm. Hold steady. Stand firm. Let me show you one other spot, take you to one other spot that's familiar. We'll finish with this. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, verse 1, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The race that is set before The place where I'm standing. The place that I have been assigned. In this sense, in this analogy, it's a race. A little word could mean conflict or fight that is set before me. The writer of the Hebrews is saying, you're not not in the middle of a conflict because you've done something wrong. You're in the middle of a conflict because that's where God wants you to be. That in the place of the conflict is where the victories for him will be won. So if a sign's your place. And then he says in verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, the word means study him, examine him, do in-depth research on him, his life, that's the gospels. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself 
so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. I'll take you back up to verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Here's another word for author. Initiator. Originator of faith. Finisher, translated perfecter of faith. Completer of faith. Let's reel that back in. Not, not to be understood only in the broad sense that he originated salvation, originated the call for us to trust in him. He completes our salvation when we're in heaven. That's the, that's the broad, wonderful, glorious sense. But here's the fine point. Here's the needle nose. That which you are standing in the middle of a conflict, agreeing with God for, did not come from just within you. Jesus is the one who, who originates that which we are persuaded of is true. Faith, that which we are persuaded of is true. The ability to be convinced that something is true came out of heaven and was planted in you. So you're not just in this place with your eyes on heaven, knowing that believing that the Lord put you there and with a heart to agree with him that he would bring his kingdom to this place, that didn't start with you. It originated with Jesus. The initiator is Jesus, and then the rest of this is the completer. He is the one who completes that which he has put within our hearts to believe him for. I'm telling you. That's why some of you, people have looked at you and, and they may not have used these words, but the thought was, why, why don't you just give up? Why don't you just go on? Why don't you just let it be? Well, you could if it had come from within you. But if it is the Lord Jesus who has planted that faith in you, has planted that sense of being persuaded that whatever this is, is going to happen. You can't let go of it. We can try to back away, but we always can circle back around. Lord, here I am, and I'm in this place, and I'm believing, I'm accepting that you put this in my heart. It's against all odds. It's impossible. I don't see any way that it's happening. I don't see any change along the way, but I agree with you. And whenever you start saying that, something happy goes on in your heart. It's like you're a crazy woman or a crazy man and loving it. And Lord, I know I'm here. I know nothing's changing, but I believe in you. And I'm looking around at these old hard heads, these old knuckle-headed idiots, and I'm just believing they're going to be saved one day. They're going to be changed one day. They're going to know what forgiveness They're going to be standing up somewhere singing, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Listen, the devil, can't, the devil wouldn't want to give you that kind of faith. That has to come from heaven. Amen. Faithful, 1 Thessalonians 5, face faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. Stand there. But Paul, again, he says a whole state, having done everything, having done everything, 
done all you know to do, done all you believe that the Lord has given you to do, having done everything, you, you just stand firm. He doesn't say, say something, sing something, write something, do something other than stand firm, which we understand to mean you stay in agreement with what God wants in this situation. You may not know everything he wants, but you do know that he does desire for his name to not be cursed, for, his, for what, what is right in his sight to not be blind or ignored. We're told to pray that his kingdom would come. Lord, the presence of the king come. Come thy kingdom, come thy kingdom. They're chewing on you, gnawing on your backside, throwing stuff at you, trying to get you. Get a, come thy kingdom, Lord, just come thy kingdom. Just bring it right here, right where that one is hollering at me, just a good spot for your kingdom to come right there. Come thy kingdom, be done thy will on this earth as it is in heaven. I'm quite sure that in this room there are a number of you who would be able to stand and raise your hand and say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm older than I was. I'm not telling everybody going to be old that has to give this testimony, but some of us old folks could give this testimony. There things that we thought never could be changed, things we thought could never be shaken. But as time has gone on, we continue to look to the Lord and trust the Lord and commit those to the Lord. We can look back now and see that some things that didn't happen overnight, didn't happen in six months, but it is different. Something has changed. The new has come. And so we're able, we're able to give praise and give thanks, and it encourages our faith. You know, God, God's, God's not necessarily in a hurry, but he's never going to be late. He may never be early, <laughs> but, but he's, he's never going to be late. And there may not be anybody who understands the loneliness of that position that you're in, but the Lord himself. But it can be in that place that's a secret place just between the two of you that he causes you to know how warmly and how Deeply, he loves just you. Amen. You don't get a bunch of attaboys from all over the place, girls. that was great. I, this, is, this is just something that nobody can walk in your shoes with you except him. The highest praise comes from the lowest valley. And you may be in that place, and that's the lowest valley you could ever imagine because nothing has changed and it's been going on for so long and you feel so totally alone. Listen, there's a part of praise in this moment right now in your life that will exceed any praise you could give when you see him face to face. We can praise him without any problem when our faith has become sight, but right now, right now in the hole, Right now in the midnight, right now when it seems like nothing is happening, you just find it within your heart to say, I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I'm trusting you, Jesus. I agree with you, Jesus. If they hadn't thought you were crazy before, they're going to just want to check you in somewhere if they hear you, that going coming out of your car as you're driving to work. Thank you, Jesus. They've been cussing you. They've been ignoring you. They've been giving good stuff to other people and passing you by. But it hadn't done anything more than just to convince you in your heart that you're dead on track, you're spot on, and that in God's timing, he'll clear it all out. He'll turn it the direction that he wants it to go. Having done 
everything. Stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. Amen. Lord, we bless you for your word. We bless you for the witness of your spirit to our hearts as we read your word. And Lord, I pray that wherever this needs to go, out on the live streaming, out on the replay, out of what ones will hear in this room, that where there needs to be encouragement, Lord, where Satan has begun to lie effectively and he's, and he's begun to, to, to build a case that seems so convincing, that, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you would just, you would just blow that away. You'd, you'd blow that confusion, that hesitation away, and that your word would be received your word to our hearts as being the truth, that it is making a difference every second that we live in the places of our assignment but in agreement with you. Lord, your will be done. Your kingdom come. May the presence of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the presence of Jesus be known in this place, in this family line, in this company, in this, in this situation of whatever it would be. Lord, make your presence known. Make your presence known. Make your presence known. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Amen.